This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Introverts have a lot of value to offer, but society disproportionately rewards extroverts while viewing introverts as loners or unfriendly. They get called shy or underconfident, but all it is is that introverts process things differently and social situations cause their minds to become overstimulated and they need more downtime to process social events. Introverts are fortunate enough to have a relationship with themselves. They don't need anyone's approval but their own to keep doing what makes them happy. Remember... The only person who has to live with yourself is you, so take care of yourself first before you try to make someone else happy. You are perfect just the way you are. You have a lot to offer, so don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Valeria Tellis interviews Simon Nasir, a healer, meditation coach, certified hypnotherapist, a member of the American Hypnosis Association, instructor at the Hypnosis Motivation Institute, and speaker. Saman Nasir has been helping people make positive changes in their lives for over 10 years. Saman works with a network of psychologists, MFTs, and psychiatrists to provide the most comprehensive care for her clients. Saman is a kind and gentle practitioner and cares for all her clients as if they were her own family. Saman Nasir is a hypnotherapist and honors graduate from the Hypnosis Motivation Institute. When she graduated, she was invited to give a talk on how hypnosis deepens the effectiveness of cognitive behavioral therapy. As she was giving a talk on this topic, the dean of HMI College was so impressed that he offered her a career as an instructor, which she gladly accepted. Today, she helps other hypnotherapy students and -and up-and-coming hypnotherapists perfect their craft as an instructor in various hypnotherapy classes and workshops. In addition, she has a professional background in coaching, hypnotherapy, leadership, and mindfulness that spans 20 years long. Though her private practice is based in Los Angeles, California, she has clients worldwide who virtually take advantage of her unique belief system enrichment approach that utilizes CBT, imagery, mindfulness, and NLP. Her true passion has always been using hypnosis to get answers from the subconscious, studying human behavior and helping people overcome the beliefs and emotions that hold them back from living their true lives. Meet Sammy at DontWaitToLive.com. Here is the interview with Saman Nasir. In your own words, who is Saman Nasir? To answer your question, I consider myself um, a healer, 
um, a being that just wants to connect with herself, with the universe and help other people with that exact same journey as well. Personalities. I guess I have a few warm-up questions for you today, Sammy, that has to do with um, personality types or even values and belief systems before we talk about introverts. The first question is, how are personalities solidified? How are they formed and constructed? So personalities have a lot to do with our early experiences and behaviors that we were generally rewarded from that were linked with pleasure tend to get reinforced and things that we were punished for tend to still stay with us, but in a very repressed form. And they tend to come out when we don't want them to come out. So what I might mean by that is if I was rewarded for for being a good girl that did her homework, did everything on time and to repress my needs, what I might find is that when I'm an adult, I mostly stick to that personality type. But every now and then, out of nowhere, I'll have those moments when I'll feel very selfish or very guilty about things that I did because those are things that I repressed about me. So our dominant personality are, are things that we were rewarded for, but our repressed personality are things that we were punished for or um, not allowed to be. So that's, in my opinion, how personalities are formed. That makes sense. Another question that comes to mind is about innate traits. Is that what we call character? Those traits that don't change, that we are born with them? Um, what we were born with, um, I, I would say more or less a clean slate. Um, and then we pick up a lot by absorbing, right? But then there's something above and beyond traits and above and beyond personality, which is more of our instinct. It's more of our true nature. It's more of our consciousness that we're born with. Um, but we disconnect from it. Unfortunately, a, a lot of times to, to fit into society and most of us never get to see what that's really like. But that's what I believe we're born with. What does it look like or what would that look like if we were able to navigate this reality through the lens of true nature? A state of pure absorption and fascination and love for everyone around us. Do you think that we would still be influenced by biology and DNA and all the, uh, uh, let's say, the nervous system because we're wired, the body's wired to protect itself and the fear mechanism, survival mechanism. I wonder how would that play, that dance, what would that look like, that we are living through the lens of our true nature, but would we still be influenced by fear? innate fear? In our biology, we have certain needs, like you were mentioning, fight or flight, our need to for self-preservation. When we get connected with, um, with our true nature, our true consciousness, those fears um, tend to not weigh so heavily on us. We still can notice them, witness them and say, oh, I ran from that. It was dangerous. Now my body is shaking. I'm just going to let it shake. I'm going to let it, you know, expend all the, the fear hormones that are running wild. And that's totally okay. And we're able to observe it. It's when we say things like, what is wrong with me? Why can't I just do this? That's what creates that attachment to that ego versus 
your consciousness is how you might observe a, an animal, right? That a deer that runs, but then just shakes itself once it's safe, then it starts grazing again, like nothing happened. So it would be more like um, uh, natural responses and then natural healing. And it would be probably faster too. No storytelling, no belief systems would be implemented or fixated. So we wouldn't have them. Is that something that it is actually possible, Sammy, to navigate this reality without values coming from thinking and belief systems? Yes, Valerie, I very much believe so. I've seen examples of it uh, with healing, in, even with my clients. But um, one of the things we have to be careful of is it's not easy, that that's not a pressure that, you know, we should put on ourselves that, oh, I should just be able to have an epiphany when I'm having deep, deep thoughts one night, or I should just be able to consume this particular substance and just be free of all of it, right? Because the idea is not to be free of it. The idea is to integrate it and be okay with accepting it. Um, but it is possible. And once we do get a taste of this exact piece that, that you're referring to, this integration, then we're never wanting to go back to that toxic way of being where we judged and we, you know, put all this pressure on ourselves and we try to fit into a mold because that's all storytelling. Like you use that word. It's so true, right? It's all stories. And it sounds very spiritual the way you describe this living outside of a fixed personality. Would you call spirituality too, or this is just a natural realization, a natural way of living, being? I would say both. I would say that it is it is a natural way of living, but we label it spirituality because that's the closest thing we have to describing it. Because if there was no storytelling, we wouldn't even know that this is anything outside the norm. But because we have created this separation, now to return back to our true nature, there's a name for it, which would be spirituality. But if we had never deviated from it, we wouldn't even need a name for it. It would just be our natural state. For the topic of introverts, my first question is, what are introverts and how are they different from extroverts? So there might be a lot of external differences that we might notice about introverts. But the one difference that's very internal that I would like to point out is that Extroverts, extroverts are very connected with their body, primarily connected with their body. And through their body, they have experiences that later get made sense of in their head. So they need a lot of experiences in order for them to feel anything at all. Because again, they're primarily experiencing through the body, through sensations, through feeling, through experience. Introverts are a little different because they need to experience something in their mind first before they experience, before they trust a situation enough to experience it in the body. So one of the ways that they interact with the world is they first, before having experience, they feel very safe if they have a mental model of what it's going to look like and what to expect. And then when they have an experience, they're constantly referring back to that mental model and they're checking to see if it matches what their mental model was. How how it interacts with their mental model, how it um, you know, resonates, how it doesn't, how things are different. And they're very analytical in that sense. So one of the effects of that is it's a very exhausting process for an introvert to have to do all of that. That's why if they have too many experiences that are very stimulating and outside of their mental model, 
they can get very tired and it's very excruciating for them. So for an introvert, if they go out one night, right, with their friends, what they might notice it that is they need a lot of downtime after that. After that, they need like two or three days where they just kind of do their own thing and they can't just go from one party to another and then go to the next party the next day and, you know, then go and have, you know, dinner with family and then go hang out at their girlfriend's house. It's just not possible for them. It's very exhausting. But a lot of times they don't know that's the reason and they tend to put a lot of pressure on themselves. So they'll force themselves to do these things until they just can't anymore and they just get very tired versus an extrovert needs those experiences or they don't really feel very alive without them because they're feeling everything through the body first and they don't care as much if it makes if it you know because they don't have a mental model to compare it to they're just going with the flow so these are the the two different ways that extroverts and introverts experience the world I have a question for you about introverts uh, highly sensitive people and empath are they all interconnected or somehow different in trades? They have a lot of similar qualities. So the because introverts are naturally more analytical and they tend to think deeply about things, their mind gets very elegant in certain areas. For instance, being able to pick up on a lot of cues, because again, remember, they have to create that mental model and they have to match everything to that mental model. Oh, I thought this person would be more like this. Oh, they're more like this. Okay, I see. Okay, maybe they're more like this in this situation, but not in this situation. So because they do all of that work around it, they end up becoming more in tune with others and they end up being more empathetic, um, empathetic and empathic um, with others because of that reason, because they have spent so much time pondering and contemplating things. Um, I also wanted to point out something you were saying earlier, which was um, you found a, a shift in yourself. And I just want to point out that some of the traits that I'm describing in, an, in a pure introvert might also exist in someone with trauma. So if someone was naturally an extrovert, but they were punished for being an extrovert or for talking too much or taking away attention from another family member that wasn't ready to share that attention, then some of these traits that we hear about introverts can also be shared by someone with, with trauma as well. So some of what might be shifting in you might not be your natural introvert tendencies, but just the safety you've been able to create with a lot of the work that you've done that's getting rid of the trauma and is creating more safety in the body. So I just want to be very clear about those two things. There's one that's the consequence of external things, but there's one where some people are just are more analytical by nature and they love it. Uh, for example, some of the people that might create, you know, apps or might start their own business, those are usually people that you know, are very analytical. They're naturally very introverted. And they're like, oh, I much rather prefer prefer sitting home and even coding for fun or doing math equations for fun. That doesn't sound like a, a trauma response to me. That's more just a natural introvert. So I just wanted to point that out because you had mentioned about you. And I think that might be more of that thing that's changing about you. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I remember being very uh, free, that sense of freedom when I was very little and always talkative and very open. And then all of a sudden that changed. Yeah, I was ashamed for talking, being the way it was. And then everything changed. I became a lot more introspective and shy. Yeah, that's for sure came from trauma. Yes. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. That's interesting. But I, I try not to create uh, these uh, separation, even um, analyze too much at this point, of course, before I did the work of asking lots of questions and trying to find out who was I? Like, what am I here to do? Those fundamental questions. And then in the end, just this whole journey of life came to be something that was related to the heart. What do you want to do from the heart? What is something that really uh, makes you feel comfortable at that level? Not just the personality level or physical level, but at the heart level or maybe spiritual level. And we are using language here. And that changed everything. And like doing what I'm doing now, talking to you and all these amazing people. So that seems like an extrovert thing, right? To talk to different people every day. I was just so absorbed in in what you were saying because the process that that you have went through is so beautiful and it's so um, transformative, right? And it's exactly, you're getting to that place, Valerie, where everything is just blended and everything is just part of consciousness. It's There's less and less labels. You know, that's what impresses me about you every time I talk to you is you knew there was a way out of suffering and you took that path and you just had faith. It's very hard to do, right, to have that kind of faith. Um, but sorry, I don't know what your question was, but I'm very mesmerized because it, it, to some extent also because it reminds me of my journey, but it, it's even more than that just your willingness to step into an, a gray area where there's less and less labels is just very, very beautiful to see. Oh, yes. For some reason, it resonates um, with me a lot, this idea of living this way. But I don't know if that was a choice, Sammy. I'm kind of inclined to kind of think or believe, think, no, it's not a belief system, that we don't really choose anything. It's just... Um, seems like it's an evolution of consciousness itself, life doing what it does. And it's a mystery. I don't know why. We can explain it away. Like, you know, I can say so many things. Oh, it was because I had trauma and then this. And I mean, tell a story, which I, I write about. But it's in the end, I think it's just life trying to kind of take care of itself. It's what nature does, isn't it? It nurtures everything in it. Yes. and. It's very interesting. It's all very interesting because on one hand, you know, we're, we're talking about these stories and when they fall away, what remains is so beautiful and so pure. But at the same time, we need stories for those people that are still at the stage of evolution where they're not quite ready for something like, well, it all just is and you just have to allow it. And you don't even have to allow it. It's just there for you. Because for them, it's very traumatizing even more to hear that because they're like, wow, you sound like you're so connected and I'm not. And it makes me feel bad because I want to be able to be at this place where, you know, but this is why we need initially these stories so that they can be guided towards a place of enough safety to be able to connect to this, you know, and that's that is so true, yeah. And I, I did a lot of that work of reading uh, other people's stories and getting inspired by them and influenced by them. So, yeah, because everything's connected. And like I said, everything is nature. We're all nature, nurturing and walking one another to the healing place. But this is happening naturally. I mean, we think that it feels like that we are making choices, that we are doing, there's a lot of intention behind and purposes and all, but I think it's just this grand um, universal dance. Why do you think society tends to reward and 
even value extroverts more than introverts? It's a lot of different reasons. I think it's just one of the ways that things have evolved to be because there's a lot of cultures where um, a lot of different societies where extroverts are not especially valued, that introverts are also really valued. Um, they're seen as like the monks and the teachers. And they're, they're seen as the healers. But I believe in Western society, it may have something to do with um, just this extreme fierce need for independence and for exerting our independence. It's not enough to have thoughts and sophistication of thought that we have to be so vocal about it. And um, and if we're not doing that, somehow, you know, we're being meek or tender and that's how that's viewed. And someone that might be especially peaceful about a topic or might have sat through the dichotomies of, of different realities might not particularly want to take part in, in a conversation that gets very heated or a debate. And people might turn to that person and say, what, you don't have an opinion about it. But that's a very surface level thing to say because they're extroverts or they might be extroverts and they might not see that this person doesn't have a need, that they're content with just having whatever opinion or whatever viewpoint on that topic and they don't need to talk about it. But because I got rewarded because, you know, words, they do sound beautiful. And when people are talking, other people do have revelations. So they might tend to view extrovertism as like activism and, you know, just uh, owning who you are. But there's so many ways to own yourself, right, without words and without having to tell the whole world about it. So that's where I think it tends to get confused. Also, I think one of the things that does happen is when people are quieter, somehow that I think over time got linked with or associated with uh, being snobby or not wanting to talk because other people aren't important. And that's why you'll see um, a lot of people say things like, oh, what, Valerie, you're not you're not going to stay and have another beer? What, you don't like us? Going straight to you don't like us or you're being snooty rather than acknowledging that you might just be tired or might need some downtime or time to yourself. It doesn't have anything to do with the, the people around you necessarily all the time. So there's a lack of understanding also there of about introverts and how they you know, how they, um, how, what their body needs are and the amount of self-care that they might meet. Another question I have for you is about mental health. Are introverts more prone to mental issues, emotional mental issues than extroverts? I think in their natural state, probably not. I think in their natural state, introverts are very healthy because they're actually taking the time to connect with themselves and have a relation with themselves, which is extremely healthy. But um, what happens is because of all the guilt and all the pressure from society and being labeled terms such as, oh, you're so weirdo, you're such a weirdo, or you're so off, or you don't talk a lot, they tend to put pressure on themselves and think there's something wrong or broken about them, which can lead to depression and these mental health issues. But if they were just allowed to be and accepted for who they are, and if they could accept themselves for who they are, then being an introvert actually is a very, very healing thing, I believe, because they're not pushing themselves beyond their limits versus an extrovert may not have an idea when they're tired or when they're hungry because they're just so busy, right? So that's where I feel they could have issues if they don't acknowledge that there's nothing wrong with them. So true. So in a way, you're saying that introverts, they are more interconnected. 
they have this uh, self-reliance within. That really resonates, I mean, with me at this point even. Yeah, because I have a lot of introverts around me and I see that a lot of times they feel lost and it's very easy for them to react, them to respond. Uh, maybe not all of them, right, Sammy? Not, not all extroverts, but... Talk to me about some of the suggestions you have for introverts to live um, more connected in the sense of connected to others. Yeah, some of the strategies, the advice you have for introverts to, uh, let's say, to navigate this reality in a more confident way. Mm -hmm. And some of it is the acknowledgement. I talk about the acknowledgement um, of, of how things really are rather than the hierarchical nature of, of what high school or college to a certain extent tends to create where extroverts are very heavily rewarded, people that are in the debate club or athletes, um, right, or, or people that are extremely social and part of many, many clubs get a lot of rewards and they get a lot of scholarships and things like that. So this kind of programming starts very early where if you just really love what you're learning and you're very engaged with the material that you're learning, but you're not necessarily being very vocal about it, then you're labeled something like nerd or geek. So a lot of that is just understanding if you're out of high school and let's say you're in your 30s or 40s, it's time to really realize that high school is over. Now you will not be so disproportionately discriminated against for being an introvert. In fact, now people might come to you with help with things like, hey, my phone's not working. What do I do? Or you're so smart with this kind of stuff, like show me how to do that. Or can you fix my computer? Because those are things that introverts will pick up on very quickly because they've spent time with these types of things because they've had more time to spend on these things. So now they can really start to tap into their strengths and realize that, oh my God, uh, what I went through was uh, was something that was uh, unfairly skewed in one direction. And now I can really start to understand that um, there's nothing wrong or broken about me. The reason I wasn't part of those cliques wasn't because I'm not fun or interesting. I'm just fun and interesting in a different way. So part of that is that acknowledgement. Second, I talked about surrounding yourselves with surrounding yourself with others that have similar traits that might also be introverts. So if your circle might be that you're the only introvert in the group and you're always getting pulled to do different things because, you know, as soon as you say no, everybody's going to grumble like, oh, Sammy never wants to do anything. Or Valerie never wants to do anything. Like She just wants to sit at home. Like we want to eliminate some of those influences and just bring in a few more introverts in our groups. Or if, if we can't have friends that are introverts, then a support group or something of people that are a little bit more quieter or have similar interests can really help to normalize some of that programming that's you know gone on for so long. Um, and we can start to acknowledge um, other ways to connect with our body a little bit more so that we can neutralize some of the overthinking or the overanalytical brain would just be music, especially before big events, really connecting with the body because music has an amazing way of taking us out of our analytical brain and putting us in our bodies. Um, so th those are some of the things. And if somebody wants to kind of bring out their extrovert side a little bit more, they feel like, oh, I'm introverted, but I like wish I could be more interested in things like that. 
then just slowly by slowly starting to put ourselves in situations, but not saturating ourselves in overly social situations, because that can have the opposite impact. Instead of building our self-esteem, if we start to push ourselves to be too extroverted too fast, then it can create social anxiety, can worsen it because we won't get what we're looking for, right? Because our body's needs, our mind's needs will be so different than what we're forcing ourselves to do. So taking it nice and easy and just slowly stepping in those situations rather than saying yes to everything. And then, of course, boundaries, very important. Telling our friends, telling our family members, hey, I just don't feel like doing this. And just being okay with our decision, having peace about it, owning our decisions makes a huge difference. There's something that you wrote uh, that I really love. You said, never lose sight of who you are and never feel like you need to apologize or explain yourself. And this is something that I, it has been a challenge for me. Say no, of course, and also that need to explain myself when I say no, why I said no, and, and I go on and on and on with the, the explanation. So, yeah, how is that something that's actually natural or it's something that is coming from that place of trying too hard to connect and please others? Yeah, so explaining sounds a little bit um, like, oh, I'm doing something that I shouldn't be doing. So let me explain it so they really understand why I'm doing this. Um, but once we really start to understand, and sometimes all it takes is a really good explanation of how introverts operate versus extroverts, where we start to really be peaceful about, well, I need this because I need it. it I don't have to, I don't have to come up with a good reason for wanting, you know, eight hours of sleep when everybody else wants to go to this concert and wants to survive on three days of, or three days of like three hours of sleep each night. I don't have to that. So really having that understanding that what we're doing is not wrong or imbalanced. In fact, the imbalance might be with the other person because maybe they do want to hang out all the time and a little too much because they might have anxiety about being alone. So just having compassion for the other person, understanding their dynamic helps us not over apologize because there's no good or bad, right or wrong. Everybody's trying to protect and preserve their biology. And for an extrovert, preserving their bio biology means being with other people because they don't know how to be without others. So really understanding that takes away the need to over explain or justify yourself. Another thing you write that I really love, you said you are perfect just the way you are. You have a lot to offer, so don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Uh, that's a powerful reminder for all of us, in a way, for all of us, men and women, extrovert, introvert, <laughs> that we are perfect the way we are. There's no need to, to strive too much to change and um, I will come from a place of judgment and lack of acceptance. That, to me, is the, the foundation of, or the cause, the root of suffering. Would you say so, Sammy? It feels to me. Yes, it can almost take the form of uh, a disease, almost neurologically speaking, because it leads to a lot of questioning, doubting, overthinking, not uh, feeling like things are, are not over once they're even over, because we're still trying to control them with our, with our minds. And it all comes from, you know, that lack of self-love. Um, and, and the reason I mention it here, particularly for introverts, even though we all, everyone needs it, but the reason I particularly put that for introverts is because introverts tend to be the ones 
that haven't been allowed to connect with it a lot, right? Because this, they've heard things like, wow, you're so quiet. Is everything okay? And it just kind of makes them think like, oh, the natural thing is to talk more. I'm the one that's not talking more. Versus extroverts might have dealt with it a little bit less, meaning they weren't necessarily told as much like you're such a weirdo because when people talk a lot, it just gives somebody the impression that, oh, I know this person. I know what's going on in their internal state versus if somebody's quieter, people tend to get very skeptical because they don't see everything about you up front. It's all an illusion. Really, we never can know what, what someone is really like. But if someone uses a lot of words and talks a lot, it's like, okay, I know you. It's that comfort, right? So introverts have been kind of robbed of being able to have that self-love generally in, in Western society. That's, that's why I particularly put that advice for them is because they tend to forget that very easily. Do you work differently as a hypnotherapist when it comes to introverts and extroverts? Very different, entirely different approaches. Um, with extroverts, um, I cannot, um, I, I go usually straight into more body somatic work because they're very connected with their bodies. It's very easy. I use different terminology. Um, I'll use more like things that are connected to the body, like calmness or peace versus with um, an introvert, I will I will first explain what I'm about to do. I'm, I'm explaining everything that I'm about to do because they need to trust before they just come along with what I'm saying. And then also I use very different language with them. For instance, they don't a lot of times can't connect to things like calm or relaxed. For them, I'll use more things that are relaxing for the mind. Like your thoughts are slowing down a little bit more. Um, so they, they resonate with those types of things a lot more because relaxation to an introvert might not be very clear right away, what, what I mean by that, because it's created more in the body. So if anyone wants to work with you, what is the best way to connect? Email, website? Uh, yes, so my website, www.don'twaittolive.com is the best way to reach me from there. People can send me an email or they can just send me a note on through the website. Um, our phone number's on there. So there's um, really, that's the best way to, to reach me. Wonderful. Yeah, I'll have the link on your podcast profile. So uh, is there any other message, any an ending message perhaps to introverts? I would really like to just say that for introverts, it's so important for you guys the ones that are listening to connect with your core traits that you might have neglected. You might have set them aside and not done those things because they might have been embarrassing. Like, for instance, if you're really into anime, but you're like, oh, I can't do that because that would be considered nerdy. Or I'm really into video games, but I can't tell people I'm into video games because all my friends are extroverts that will think I need to do more like three-dimensional people stuff, outside stuff own that, own your traits. You might be good at so many things that you've developed over time that you don't even know because you were so busy trying to be something else. So rediscover who you are and really fall in love with everything that you know and everything that you are because you'll be so pleasantly surprised and it'll be a much bigger reward than contorting and transforming yourself to meet someone else's expectations of you. Yes, a billion times. Thank you so much again, Sammy, for your presence here, for our lovely conversation, for the work you do, how you do it, and everything else in between. Thank you. Thank you, Valerie. Thank you so much again, Sammy. We'll talk soon. Bye for now. Sounds good. Bye. 
Thank you for listening. To learn more about Saman Nasir and her work, please visit don'twaittolive.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.